So here we are again with our guest with the mostest, Amelia Jane Hunter and her regular segment, Commit No Nuisance. Welcome. Thank you very much. If by mostest you mean the biggest hangover between the three of us, then yes, indeed, that is me. <laughs> Marvellous. Good night last night. Oh, just good nights for the last two weeks. I've been absolutely committing nuisance and as a result... <sighs> Oh, I'm not coming to you today with my strongest. With the freshest. Oh, I mean, and it's poetry for God's sake. It's I the mean, poetry episode. be me. Yeah. Uh, and I have to ask you, Amelia, <laughs> you know what's coming. <laughs> oh, Are you a poet and you know it? Well, Dad. <laughs> yeah, Uncle Barry. <laughs> I do love poetry, I have to mm-hmm. admit. Well, when I say I love poetry, my beautiful friend who became a Buddhist monk uh, she won the Blake Prize in Australia, which, oh. for those that don't know, is a, a religious-based spiritual literary prize. Li- is well, it, or no, art, it was always art, artwork. artwork. It was yes. always yeah, artwork, yeah. and they this particular year, I think, because of you know the incredible nature of her words, uh, opened it out to poetry, oh. and she won, and she won a significant amount of money, which she immediately donated to the monastery that she, she was living was in living and, and is still living in, in ordained Japan. in also she's, yes she she's a zen a, buddhist yeah, yeah she took her monastic vows are we allowed to say her first name shugetsu and she wrote this most incredible poem and she she when we first met as you know 15 year old getabouts she was this incredible ethereal long blonde hair i mean almost like a bow derrick but Mm. with more of a hippie tone. The child prodigy of uh, international peace researcher and a, and a uh, sociologist wow. slash poet slash serious wanker. Uh, and, oh. you know, she was everything that I wasn't. You know, I was raised in the sort of ordinary Western family, lots of love, lots of support. Suburban. Very yeah. suburban. Mm-hmm. You know, I said love, I said pet. You know, the Ardaths, the wild wine, mm. um, the aunties. And every time I went to her house, it was all these incredibly charismatic, exotic creatures, you know, from the Far East, from, you know, South Africa, all these feminists, all these people in caftans, you know, any number of her father's lovers. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just this really eclectic bunch of cheese-eating, bread-breaking people. Intellectual. Very intellectual. So, of course, she was going to absorb a lot of that and herself was an incredible person and has been my best friend forever and mm. I love her dearly and I love the, the 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 journey she's taken in her life because we've always sort of held hands across the world together so mm. her, and she used to write poetry for me she wrote me a story about how I was this big warrior woman on a horse so she's responsible for my ego. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> and it sounds like for introducing you to poetry. Yes, she did. Yeah. And her father was a poet. And his poetry was really lovely, very steeped in folklore. Mm-hmm. And uh, we used to have a radio program on um, this this Canberra radio station. And her father would come on and we'd be having crack-ups and laughing and playing heavy metal music. And then he'd totally bring the tone down with some poem of woe, you know, about how one of his balls didn't work and his third wife left him. Uh, and it'd be like, right, so... Moving right along. Back to phantom drumming. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I did love it. I mean, I, I and, you know, I really do, as a performer, enjoy the variety nights that I partake in or, or I'm an audience at, certainly here in Berlin. Mm. Uh, where spoken word is performed and poetry and good poetry, you just know it. It grabs yeah. you. It, it 
clutches at your heart, mm. you hold your breath. I love that. For me, I'm a bit of a rhyming couplet kind of a girl. I'd sit there going, what rhymes with thumb? You know, and so it's really not my forte. I'm more of a long form. I mean, we wrote a poem. We were set a poetry task. and At, at school? Yeah, it was probably, I guess we were maybe 14, 15, mm-hmm. maybe mm. a bit later. Maybe I was 17. It's all very embarrassing. Mm. This is what I came up with. Please don't judge. Have you ever met an oyster sitting on its bum? Filtering water particles to fill its tiny tum. Between its evening meal and late mid-morning snore, it casts a spell inside its shell and wanks its willy sore. (laughs) You see, the bollocks of an oyster comprise one-tenth its weight. The rest, it's merely muscle mass to help it masturbate. So the next time that you're dining on oysters, milk or rum, (laughs) know what you eat is not quite meat. But really, oyster cum. <laughs> was, was that combining two suburbs, like uh, two, two subjects, like uh, biology yes. and literature? Yes. And I have to say, that's not entirely my um, original work. I had I had a help. What was your grade? That. What did you get marked? Oh, look, I was at a um, <laughs> reciprocal rights college by then, so I probably got a hug and a joint from the teacher. <laughs> I'm so impressed. It, I, I, I cannot take I was entertaining. credit for the original work, although it was a collaboration between myself and two particularly naughty boys and a bong. So you could imagine we were, we were like wanking our own willy saw with laughter thinking we were... Incredible, coming up with something quite earth-shattering. Now, going from the ridiculous to the sublime, (laughs) I do believe recently, though, you've come across an Iraqi poet here in Berlin, living here in Berlin, who's really blown your mind with a particular new work. Well, I think that part of me wanting to come back to Berlin is, of course, you know, the, the magnificence that is Berlin, but also it's a really powerful and important time with the influx of refugees and Mm. you know unlike in Australia where we do disgraceful things and send them to other islands out of sight out of mind here it's 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 in our face and we can really step up and and help out and so many people do you know even Airbnb sort of rented out all their rooms to refugee families or individuals I have so many friends that are doing remarkable things all voluntarily mind you Mm. uh, working running families and still having having the time and the compassion to help out and I feel really proud to be alive here in Germany at this time and I came across this poem online recently and it just came across my Facebook page of all places. And it was this young Iraqi refugee who had promised his mother he would not take a boat. And he did. And he wrote a poem. And it's translated. So some of the English is slightly out. But I was so moved by it. And I commented on it, which I seldom do. And he just, you know, thanked me wholeheartedly and, you know, hit me up as a friend. And then we spoke for quite a few days. And we met recently. And you know, he's a remarkable young man and, you know, I just asked him if he would want to come and do a performance with me and perform his poem at this variety night. And he, his first comment was, I'm too shy. So with his permission, I um, asked if I could perform it, but not, not in any stage context, but just 
for those people who have no idea or even understanding of what people go through to get to a safe haven, Mm. um, even when they're in the refugee camps, they're still not safe. So with his permission, I will read this beautiful poem that compelled me to not only you know, think a lot deeper but create a new friendship. Can we have his name? His name's Modi. And he, he, he prefaced this by saying, before I left Iraq, my mother begged me to take care of myself well and not risking ride death by taking the boat across the sea. The worst moments of my life was not because I have almost drowned and die, not because the boat crashes and death became imminent, but I promised not to go by boat, was to be the worst dead possible, and I wrote my feelings about this. So again, a translation from his mother tongue to English. The dreams of heartache carried me as a stray on the sea. I toyed the shores of death, but haven't docked and haven't departed. A lost sail and wind betrayed and cheapskate out loud the sound of the blame. The agony of regret started to remember. Don't ride to sail the sea. Don't get close to the boat. Die a thousand times like the unexistence. You broke a promise. You feared the punishment. Horrible was that recession I recalled my aches and the noise of the pain and faces that died before the foot gets wet and a sacred crying, its echo spins in my head. The voice of my mother slipped in and filled me with regret. Within their noises and the crying broke a promise and a prayer. I heard nothing, just her voice rattling in my head. You won't drown, promised me to return. And I returned, as for her the fate wanted so. And I returned, as for her the fate wanted so. Lordy, that's quite a powerful piece. And, you know, this was on this Facebook page and it had over 800 comments because I think so many people were compelled just to think and feel finally that, Mm. sheesh, you know, they're not all, you know... uh, Economic migrants. No, they're not all, like, wanting to do all these bad things as, you know, the media moguls and the captains of industry will have us want to believe. Mm. These are real people and they have access to Facebook. This is how he learned his English. This is how he got out of his refugee camp after eight months because he learned English. The civil society response in Germany has been amazing for me as an Australian to to witness. The German government didn't seem to be prepared for the million, 1.2 million people who came in last year and they were really struggling to keep up. We've got the main um, Berlin Refugee Intake Centre just a couple of blocks down from our podcast studio here. And you see long lines and... But the, the civil response that is built up around that, like you said, people who are offering... Their rooms. I know a New Zealand poet called Hinamoana who lives in a, a one-bedroom flat and she's sharing it with an asylum seeker. Berlin's almost the best possible place for people to come, I think, because it is a more tolerant And it's such city. a cosmopolitan city, you know, and a lot of people I know are already quite compassionate and, mm. you know, don't want for much, but what they have they're prepared to share. I mean, Modi's already invited me over to cook me a, a, an Iraqi feast. Oh, Lovely. And my only quandary is, can I bring alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you take him a poem? You could, you could give him a reciprocal poem as a thank He's you. He's not getting the oyster poem. <laughs> no, 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 no one's no. getting that. But we got it and we also got <laughs> Modi's poem and need to thank you again, Amelia Jane Hunter, for an extraordinarily poetic commit no nuisance. Thank you. My pleasure.